mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. rx bar for supporting don't blame me rx bar is a whole food protein bar with no bs get 25 percent off your first order at rxbar.com slash blame and use the promo code blame that's rxbar.com slash blame promo code blame This episode of Don't Blame Me is brought to you by Treehut. Treehut makes real wooden watches, offering engraved personal messages that make meaningful, unique gifts. For 15% off your first order, visit treehutwatches.com slash blame and enter the promo code blame at checkout. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. This is, uh, oh my God, I almost forgot the own name of my podcast. I'm like, don't, I'm just going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> I almost said this is not too deep with Megan. Yay. It's not. This is Don't Blame Me with Megan. But we have the host of Not Too Deep, Grace Helbig. Yay. Oh, my God. Hi. Thanks for being in my house. The, your house is, like I said, a Macy's holiday showroom. It is on. I knew I had expectations that it was going to oh, be absolutely it? fabulous. It, it's exceeded it. Yes. It's so nice. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's also still halfway decorated from Thanksgiving. I uh, wouldn't even, I just looks festive and holiday. That was the theme for Thanksgiving was Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's the aesthetic we're going for. I wish you guys were here though when the, like, the lights were down so you could see how all the Christmassy twinkle lights everywhere. I'm sure it was beautiful. It was very beautiful. Mel's here too. Hello. Yay. Jack is doing, who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Jack is doing. <laughs> He's not here. He's, it's a girl's day. Yeah. He's everywhere. I'm He's on here. social media. Oh, that is true. Yeah. He's mm. checking in. He sent selfies, either shaved or unshaved ones. Jack took some selfies that I had to look at over his holiday that I was like, what are you doing? These are bad selfies. Wait, I haven't seen them. That's fire. He took bad angles. He knows better. (laughs) He's a a selfie prince. He was probably trying to get like the ocean in the background. It wasn't even the ocean. It was just like a cabana over top of it. Oh, God. That is a terrible picture. Jack, I was like, come on, you're back, right? (laughs) I know. Jack, we're talking about you and you manifested yourself. <laughs> you did. Why did you think this? I was so disappointed in you over your holidays. I was why? like, I hope he has a couple margaritas in him. And that's why you took from this angle. Why? What's wrong with that photo? Why would you ever take below your chin angle selfie? I don't care. That's rule number one. What were you trying? The sky is so beautiful. Then just take the sky. <laughs> you're very tan. You, you are tan. Oh, yeah. We were just saying how you're not here. But now Jack's here, everybody. Do you want to hop on my mic and say hi? Hi, everybody. He's nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Perfect. Well, guys, uh, yeah, this is uh, Don't Blame Me with Megan Ranks, and this is my advice podcast. So today we're going to be listening to your voicemails and giving you some advice. And if you guys want to call in, you can call the number 310-694-0976. You did it. It's only taken months for me. And I also practiced in the car today. I was like, three. No, that's um, good. I don't have any other phone numbers memorized other than my own phone. Do, do you have any like childhood friends' home phone numbers still memorized? I have like my old house landline, yeah. so, not even completely, but like part of it. <laughs> I have my friends, one of my friends' first how, like childhood homes. So they don't live there anymore. <laughs> no one I know lives there. I'm like, this is, this is stuck in my head, but I cannot remember my boyfriend's area code for no, his phone number. Same. Do you write down in case like your phone completely like... Nope. Yeah, me either. Okay. If I lose it, I lose all of it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm stranded. I will be stuck forever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, um, and also if you guys are international callers, you can send a voice memo, just record on your phone and email it to meganpodcast at gmail.com. So we can hear your British accents or your Canadian accents. Still a fan of the Canadians. Would love dual citizenship. Except I'm not <laughs> looking to get married. <laughs> no offense, guys. Um, but yeah, should we start? Let's go. Wee wee. Hey, my name is and I am 25. And I recently left my job that I spent three years just working my but to the bone. Like I did everything for this job. I was on call 24 seven. I, I just gave everything to this job. Um, and I actually recently left it. And the reason why I left this job was because, um, my boss, um, 
who is female, um, she was quite abusive in the workplace. She would say the most horrible things to me. Um, she never respected me or my time. She would just belittle me all the time. If I ever made a mistake, she was so quick to react and make me feel so shameful. Um, and when she didn't have the guts to speak with me in person, which she actually hardly ever did, she would go seclude herself in the office and just type up all these long emails about how, like, shitty I was. And it's just always so funny because where I worked, and I don't want to give out too much information, but where I worked, everyone loved me there. All the people um, that I worked for loved me there, but my boss was just terrible. So I left, and now, um, long story short, I'm working at this new place, and um, they seem to have everything so much more together, but I can't, like, I can't believe that it's true. I can't believe that these people want to be nice to me and that my new boss, like, actually cares about me and compliments me, and it all just seems like a big joke and a dream because, again, three years at this previous job, I was treated like serious shit. And I'd go home and I'd just, like, crawl in my boyfriend's hand, arms and just, like, cry and cry and cry because I couldn't take it. And I just – that's what I'm so used to and accustomed to. So being in this new position, it's just – I just want to know how – do a lot of people have issues with work abuse? My response is good for you to get out of that work environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like you've been for three years conditioned to abuse, which sucks and is like a very addictive cycle that it will become. Um, and it's totally valid that you would feel really insecure mm -hmm. and uh, about being in a job where people seemingly validate you. <laughs> uh, and it, it's hard, but I think the best, I mean, one, she's only 25. Yeah. Which, thank God, she didn't stay in that longer, mm -hmm. which is entirely possible. Oh, yeah. And shitty people are just going to be shitty. And it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of her boss clearly has some ish going on mm -hmm. in her own self that she's projecting onto her. Um, but I think, like, I don't, I don't know the right process for healing yeah. that kind of thing. But I think admitting to yourself that these are what you're feeling, these mm -hmm. things or these experiences, is the first step when you start to say it out loud it becomes, it either like breaks down the walls you have or starts to break them down or starts to make you realize what your real situation is. Yeah. Yeah. Have I, you ever had work abuse before? I mean, I think like my job's different in the sense of like not going back to the same, like working on sets or whatever. Like you can have people who are total assholes and mm -hmm. mean, but it's not, there's, I mean, I haven't had like a consistent singular working with like the same group of people for three years over and over or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think it happens like I I think in the last year I've had six of my friends change jobs based on like the people that they work with and whether it's like bosses who are terrible to them or coworkers or management. I think it's so incredibly common that this that this happens. Like I I mm -hmm. know so many personal details about my friends like bosses sure. that I'm like I hate so many people who employ <laughs> my friends because I'm like I hear all of these terrible terrible things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the thing that's great is I the advice I would give if you were feeling very 
I don't know, down about yourself, not just the situation is to kind of realize that this is somebody exactly you're saying is somebody else's problem. Yeah. And the fact that like you're recognizing that everyone else at your other job really liked you and you got along with everybody and this was very much a her thing. Mm -hmm. I think just not letting that, um, knowing that that kind of that experience with her just needs to like live and die there. And none of that needs to transfer over. And especially if everyone's being nice to you and everything's doing good. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dwell too much on it. And also it's kind of like being, I don't know, like not that I'm saying like the other shoe is eventually going to fall and people are going to mm-hmm. be terrible, but like be blissfully ignorant while you can. And be like, this is great. Everyone's so nice to me. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. When you think back on great bosses that you've had or mm-hmm. great work relationships that you have, there's in my mind only a handful because a lot of them are kind of insignificant or not the best. And so the ones that are really, really great, I have like a very special place in my brain for them. Yeah. And so it's, for it's really really hard to be like ignore your trust issues but like it's going to eventually you're going to waste your time comparing the two situations rather than enjoying the present one Mm -hmm. that you're in uh and it's always easier said than done but just start to I mean I think practice like gratitude like be thankful for the way that they're treating you now versus the way you were treated before and know that you don't want to treat anyone the way that your old boss treated you. Everything's a learning experience. If you can look back and say, well, I learned I never want to be in that experience Mm -hmm. again, nor do I want to treat anyone like I felt in that experience, then you can move forward with no blood on your hands. Yeah. And also it's not, you spent three years being so upset, like obviously totally like warranted. So why spend the next three years being upset about, oh, this could possibly happen again kind of thing. I think just as much as like shut down your feelings, but kind of just, yeah, just just let it be a new experience and mm-hmm. try not and let it get clouded by these like what ifs. Yeah, also be nice to yourself because it sounds like you've eliminated this cycle of abuse from the singular person, which you've been conditioned to. So now you're like, I have this empty space in my brain. I should now mm-hmm. make it, fill it myself by having these like negative thoughts about the good experiences I'm having. So give yourself a high five that you got out of that situation and now take that abuse section of your brain that was like happening and that mm-hmm. you're like has been normalized in a way and exchange that with you know the gratitude to the people that you're with now don't treat you that way yeah because I can see how you would be so accustomed to that when the abuse isn't in your life you're like well then how do I self-destruct so yeah. I can fill this like abuse <laughs> void that I have in my brain yeah and also just write a really long really mean glass door review of her Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or you can do that. I've heard this. I haven't done it for myself to know if it works really well. Just write out like a just completely honest letter of everything that you would say to this woman, like completely honestly with no consequences and then burn it. Yeah. Let it go. I like that. I like that. Okay, on to the next one. My best friend is my ex. We never really dated, but we talked for several months. Um, we had sex together. We had our first kids together. We had our first everything together. But then he ended things to date someone. But then he came back to me. But then he ended things to date someone else when he went to camp. And then he came back. And every time he comes back, he just plays my feelings basically and ends it. But I love him so much that I just let him do it. Then um, me and him were talking again. And... Um, he ended up dating one of my friends and I was a petty little bitch to her and I fucking hate her and she hates me, but months after, like, I ended up breaking them up several times because 
she always thought that he loved me because I was first everything, you know, we were always so close. And um, right now they've been dating for several months, but me and him were becoming friends again. And he basically cheated on her. And, well, he did because he, I basically gave him a hand job. So that's cheating. And it just, I don't know what to do because I know he doesn't like me, even though he gives hints that he does. And, like, I just don't know how to deal with the situation because every time I want to get, like, I want to stop being friends with him. I just I can't because I'm so much with him. And he means so much to me. So do you know any way that you could help me with this or, like, how to deal with the situation without anyone, like, getting hurt, you know? And how to actually, like, stop liking him or loving him, I guess. I wish you were recording it so we could just see your face. <laughs> that guy sucks. Yeah. That guy yeah. sucks so hard. I know. My number one thing, I'm like, he's not your friend. No, like, he's at not at all. He's never been your friend. No, he has no desire to be your friend. He has no intention of you guys. Like, he's not going to attend your wedding. Like, No, he doesn't give a shit about your feelings. <laughs> not at all. At all. He just wants hand jobs. Yeah, he cares about your hands, not your head. <laughs> and your mouth. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Um, well, uh find someone else (laughs) yeah i'd also say you're 16 and there's something that nothing is not dramatic at that age oh yeah everything's the end of the world everything and especially like relationships and dating i don't even like relationships that I can look back on that I like saw my friends have in high school that are now I'm like, oh, seemingly not problematic or dramatic at all. We mm-hmm. managed to make everything so dramatic. So yeah. you're so conditioned and used to accepting that these things just happen. And right. then this is just something that comes along with the territory. But you're you were cutting him far, far, far too much slack. Yeah, this I mean, this dude sucks, plain and simple. <laughs> but he's also like a 16 year old boy, mm-hmm. which is par for the course a lot of times. And it's so obviously it's a shitty thing as an adult to tell you as a teenager like just get some life experience and this won't your perspective will change and this won't seem as meaningful as it does but it's impossible for you to know that at 16 Mm -hmm. until you actually become older and have space from it I would say this is the kind of guy that clearly knows that you are around and available uh, at all times because you are girl so make yourself (laughs) less available (laughs) yeah just cut him off see what happens I have a feeling he'll be way more if you stop talking to him, if you stop returning texts or phone calls or whatever conversations you're having, I'm sure he will become way more aggressive in contacting you mm-hmm. because there's like a, oh, my safety net, this girl yeah. that's always there isn't there. So it's a panic communication. Um, but then you can't give in on that. I mean, you got to decide for yourself. Like, do you, it sounds like you don't value yourself enough yeah. to be like, I don't need this guy. No, you want someone to choose you. Like you can't. Yeah. And, and being the second string thing that, that sounds, it sounds like such like this romantic comedy thing of like, Oh, we were best friends and it's always the will they won't they, but it's not like you both have been in different relationships and haven't been able to be together. There's mm-hmm. been opportunities and he's chosen to be with other people. And I think that just, that speaks volumes. Yeah. I mean, I would encourage you to prove me wrong because I think you're going to stay with this guy. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't trust anything in your voice that says you're ready to walk away from this guy. But Ooh. I would uh, give you the the mission of proving me wrong. Yeah. And I also think that there's and I've said this before on the podcast that I I can think back to being 16 so clearly and about how much not even just pressure I guess like pressure in general you feel when someone's your first Mm -hmm. but this sense of like importance when that's been 
it's been recent enough that like the, and they always talk like the first person you sleep with, how important that is. It's not like, it's the last person you sleep with. It's not the first person right. that you, that you lose your virginity to or whatever that is. Um, I think there's kind of, there feels like a safety net in that and going back to that. I mean, I sure as hell know that like, I definitely went back to like terrible guys in, mm-hmm. in high school because I'm like, well, it's not adding to my number. Like, <laughs> let me like keep this right. here. But that's also, it's, it's, it fe- might feel comfortable for a while, but ultimately all it's going to do is give, you're not going to have any other opportunity or other chance to meet other people because you're always going to be that girl who's Mm -hmm. it's complicated with this guy. You're going to become, not only are you not going to be pursuing other people, but other people probably aren't going to pursue you because you're going to sound like a fuck ton of drama because you're already tied up in this confusing thing. Exactly. And if you're spending, if you're spending all your energy either waiting around or participating in this drama with this guy, you miss all these other openings of other really potentially great people mm-hmm. in your ecosystem that could be available to you. Um, yeah, just this guy sucks. Yeah, and it's ruining <laughs> friendships too. Yeah. I think that's another thing that's like, I as much as I can totally understand you hating this girl for that, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's also, why doesn't he get punishment for that too? Like he's just as much a player in hooking up and starting to date your friend as your friend yeah and I think really like have a conversation with yourself about what you want and if you had an ideal partner what are the qualities in that person that you would want versus what you're getting from this current situation like what are you addicted to is that you want like Megan said someone to choose you do you want to be the winner quote unquote Mm -hmm. in this like situation with this other girl because I've been there where you're like "I, I want it you miss there's like a misconception that someone choosing you is someone thinking you're special. Mm-hmm. And that's not always it. It's like you're convenient. You're not yep. special. So you want the person that chooses you because you're special. Yeah. And I would also say as a girl who's friends with a lot of guys, and I've always I've always been like that, I understand that there is that feeling of being that constant in a guy's life, especially mm-hmm. at that age when he's dating all of these people and you're the friend that's always around but you guys aren't friends like that. I'm now able to distinguish when I look back on like the guys that I would be on again, off again, but we're like, Oh, it's casual. We're just friends. Like we just Mm -hmm. happen to have hooked up or whatever. But I was realizing it was eating me up inside to see him with other people and all that. But there is that sense of pride and feeling of being like, Oh, well I'm his like, Oh, that's his best girlfriend. Like she's an untouchable kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but you're, you guys aren't, this isn't a true real friendship. And I also think um, it's going to take a while for, I mean, at least for me, like I know that there's there's relationships that have been way easier to get over and way harder to get over, not even regardless of the age that I was. Like, I think the hardest ones I had to get over was when I was like 16 or seven, well, no, like eight, 17 or 18. And then when I was like t- maybe 20-ish, mm-hmm. but then like the ones in between, even when I was like 22 dating people, no, no, that, that's mods, we're still dating. But like, <laughs> that stuff. But I'm like, those ones, even though I was older and you'd think that those feelings would mature and those relationships would be deeper, there I'm I don't want to ever belittle this because you're 16 because like the first time I fell in love I was 16 and like even now as a 24 year old I can still be like no I was totally in love with that person Mm -hmm. but I think just like we're saying is you have to give yourself and other people the opportunity to um I don't know to impress you and you need to be open to that and also I've learned as an adult 
and this is going to sound maybe too psychological, but like you got to look at the mommy issues here. A lot of times <laughs> a guy, what is his relationship with his mom? Is mm -hmm. it non-existent? Because that's probably why you're around. A lot of guys make female friends because they come in and they provide this like nurturing maternal energy that they're not getting from their mom. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that the hardest relationships I've had to get over in breakups were because I was trying so hard to be this person's like special person, but really they just wanted maternal energy from me. They didn't want me as a girlfriend. They wanted me as like a caretaker mm -hmm. and making sure that they're okay. So look at that because that can be like a clear indicator that this guy is coming back to you because you're this soft, sweet spot that gives him this like motherly love that he might not be getting elsewhere. And that's not your job. Mm -mm, not at all. Yeah. Have That's, fun in high school. Yeah, you're yeah. 16. Do body shots. Dance on tables. Except don't do body shots. Of water. Water. Stay hydrated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, on to the next one. I am 22 years old, and my whole life I've kind of gone through with this mentality of, like, I don't need a man. I'm super independent, like, super single, and I love it. That kind of mentality. Kind of, like, feeling like a bad bitch, you know? <laughs> Um, but then about a year ago, I kind of stumbled into a relationship. It came out of nowhere. I was really surprised. I really enjoyed it. And I kind of really surprised myself with how much I enjoyed it. Um, things ended about six months ago. It's, it's not a big deal anymore. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, but I am kind of confused at this point because I'm really enjoying being single, but I'm also in that relationship. I learned that I really enjoy being in a relationship. And I really am looking forward to, like, being a wife and a mom. And now I'm kind of at this point where, like, I want to be strong and independent, but I also really, I would really love to be in another relationship. And I'm kind of wondering if you have any tips on how to kind of balance both attitudes. And, I mean, can you be both? Is this something that other people worry about? <laughs> Hell yeah, 2017. Mm -hmm. You can be a badass independent woman in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, you should be, yeah. essentially. Like, relationships are about balancing your own happiness with someone else's happiness. And not compromising mm -hmm. either one. Yeah, I'm a serial monogamous relationship person, but at the same time, I consider myself a completely, totally independent, like, career-driven woman at the mm -hmm. same time. And the best relationships are when that feels in, in balance with yeah. each other. The worst relationships are when you feel like you're compromising, like you said, mm -hmm. one side of that. Um, but that's one should be really like awesome for you to realize that you want a nurturing relationship and you want to be a badass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's, I think exactly like that. Like that's, I think you're light years ahead of a lot of people. At, like, I think you can really be in the phase of, I don't want to date at all, or it's wanting a relationship and mm -hmm. wanting a boyfriend in those things for other reasons. But I think, I mean, I've always said that my favorite b between friends and relationships, my favorite thing is when I can coexist with people like mm -hmm. that's, I love that. I don't want to have to always be on. I don't want to have to be always carrying a conversation. I want to be able to do my own thing. Right. And then be able to be like, Oh, cool. Great. We're going to bed. Like, good night. Like, cool. Awesome. There's a person here who I really love or mm -hmm. just like sitting with friends and watching TV and not having to talk like people you can thrive and coexist right. with. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, especially if you haven't dated in a really long time and you really enjoyed being single, what I would say is like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think every 
my mentality with every relationship and every step in a relationship is I want to do whatever step it is until that's not fun anymore. And then I want to like go ahead and like figure out the next thing to do. Yeah. So like before Mots and I like made it official, I'm like, I'm still having fun when we're just dating. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want us to be like official boyfriend, girlfriend yet. Cause I was just also an asshole. Um, <laughs> but then like, I was like, okay, you know what? Like this is, I had fun with this, but like, this will be fun too. So I don't think that if, if you want to be single right now, um, I think that's totally fine. But I just, I wouldn't put yourself in a box of being like, you don't have to switch this flip from being like, I'm single, switch this flip. Nope, flip this switch. <laughs> Anyone else catch that? You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to be single right now. Okay, now I'm looking for a relationship. Yeah. I think you can just thrive and exist and be open to people. And I also think if you search for a relationship, that's when like you date people who aren't usually so solid right I think that it's both ways too because I know I have a lot of single friends that give themselves this mantra that I love to be single when deep down they kind of want a a companion you know and they won't let themselves admit that because it feels like insecure or vulnerable or it just makes them embarrassed Mm -hmm. in some way so I think admitting to yourself that when the right person comes along being open to that is great. And then in the meantime, working on all the things for yourself that make you the best version of yourself so that you attract, you know, mm-hmm. the best partner that you can is like the best way to think about it. Um, you sound like very kind of carefree and fun. Because yeah. a lot of people, I think, overanalyze this, mm-hmm. especially when they're single of like, I want a relationship. But no, I'm independent and good. And then you get caught in this headspace of like, what mm-hmm. do I actually want? And what am I allowed to want? And you're allowed to want and get both of those things. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, it's about like, you're like being open to meeting people. And when you like go on dates and stuff, I think you're in a really great place because you're not you enjoy being single. So you're not like, ah, fuck, I need to get wifed up ASAP because I'm so like bored or lonely or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can actually like, you're in the best position to go on dates and have a clear level head and really spend time with people that you actually like. And I think that's the cool thing. Like for me, like I like, I enjoy being single and I like being in a relationship, but I like being in a relationship with someone I really like. Right. I don't really like you. I don't, I'd rather fucking be single. Yeah. It's a job. It, it's oh, not God. a relationship anymore. It just becomes yeah. this other job you have to do. That's so not fulfilling when you have a choice to make it different. Yeah. Um, also you're 22. So this is probably the most transitional point of your life where you start thinking about marriage you start Mm -hmm. thinking about kids you start thinking about like what's next chapters uh in your life kind of thing so it's great for you to realize cool you had a long-term relationship and you can do that Mm -hmm. a lot of single people get really scared when they're single for a long time that they can't have a healthy relationship oh me that was me I was I was three (laughs) months maximum and I'd be like I hate you I never want to see you again no but yeah you know exactly what you're saying you know you can do it Mm -hmm. and that should be a good comfort yeah yeah so look for the right one yeah you'll be fine plus you can have kids way later now Oh, you can have marriages way later. Like everything, there's this uh, whole like traditional idea of like graduate, get a job, get married, Mm -hmm. have kids is completely destroyed now. You can do whatever feels right for you. Okay, we are going to go on to a commercial, but uh, we will be right back. Thanks to RX Bar for supporting Don't Blame Me. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients and no BS, such as no added sugar, artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. 
RX bars are made with a few simple, clean ingredients where every ingredient serves a purpose. For example, egg whites. Guess what they do? They are a main source of its protein, and they're easy for your body to absorb. They're also gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free, which is perfect for me because I'm allergic to everything. They've got no added sugar, as well as no added flavors, colors, preservatives, or fillers. Now let's talk about flavors, guys. RX bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. Whether you're a sweet or a savory, a chocolate or fruity, there's an RX bar for you. And because they use real food ingredients, they actually taste good. You can taste the real fruit. You can taste the spices. You can taste the sea salt, which it might sound crazy if you've never done the sweet and the sea salt thing, but no, it's a thing. It's delicious. RX bars are ideal for breakfast on the go, snack in the office, throwing in your bag for the plane, tossing in your backpack for a bike ride or a hike, pre or post workout snack, or if you're just rating your cabinets being like, I want to eat something right now. These are for you. My personal favorite is the chocolate sea salt. It's not too sweet. It's not too salty. It is, may I even say, perfect. It's a perfect in between. And Moss is much more of a fruity RX bar flavor. So it's great because now we just get to split it and be like, okay, these are yours. These are mine. And there's no fighting over them. RX Bar has been so generous to give you guys 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash blame if you use the promo code blame. Again, that's rxbar.com slash blame. Promo code blame. This episode of Don't Blame Me is brought to you by Tree Hut. Tree Hut makes real wooden watches offering engraved personal messages that make meaningful, unique gifts. Tree Hut watches are made of real wood with each watch having a unique grain and wood tone that truly makes no two watches the same, like snowflakes or people. Tree Hut builds and engraves its watches from their studio in, guess where, San Francisco, rep in the yay area. That's where, that's where I grew up, guys, just in case you didn't know. The message engraving is a perfect way to celebrate the people in your life and remember special moments like Christmas, weddings, Valentine's Day, and graduations. Honestly, only two of these things apply to me because I didn't go to college and I'm not married, but hey, Mots, are you listening? I'm kidding. Don't worry. There are style options for everyone. They use materials like wood and stainless steel or combinations of the two, as well as leather and canvas bands. You got a new band for every day. So many bands. Bands on bands. Tree Hut watches are lightweight too, making them a great everyday watch. So I ordered a watch for Mods, and I think it looks really, really, really cool, especially in person. Obviously, the pictures on the website don't do it total justice, but having something that looks a little more, I mean, I'm trying to think of a word that's not like rustic. But it's cool. It's natural. I love the wood element of it. I think it's very cute. Very hipster, guys. It's very cool. Very in. He's a huge fan of it. And I think it's really nice because he's not forgetting to put it on like some of his other ones. And I'm like, oh, okay. You didn't put this one on? Okay, cool. He's been wearing it a lot. So uh, if he was here, he would give it a big thumbs up. But he's just joking. With the holidays coming up, I think it's definitely a really great gift to get anybody in your life. Or, hey, guess what? Treat yourself. And for 15% off your first order, you can visit treehutwatches.com slash blame and enter the promo code blame at checkout. That's treehutwatches.com slash blame and promo code blame. Okay, guys, we are back and on to the next call. Hi, I am 21 and I'm going through the dilemma on whether I should go back to college. I took the semester off hoping to kind of get my shit together. And I've learned through that, that I don't think I have college material, but unfortunately I feel like my family is not going to accept that answer. And it's very stressful. I ended up going to an out of state college where I knew nobody and I'm a senior or I would be in my senior year. And I have, 
no friends except for my boyfriend, and that is it. I've had probably the worst college experience I can imagine. Um, everyone always talks about college being the best years of their life, but all I found was depression and anxiety and terrible people, and it's just not a very warming place that I think I want to go back to. Um, I ended up moving away after my junior year because I just couldn't handle being in the town anymore. I moved in with my sister who started grad school at a college about an hour away, so I decided that, that was my chance to get away, and I love it, but I don't know if I actually want to go back to school. I don't want to do retail for the rest of my life, and I loved what I was studying. I started studying social work because I wanted to help people like me, and unfortunately, I can't do that if I don't go back to school, so I am stuck at what to do. Girl, same. <laughs> Just you, went, you went to college. I went to college. It was the worst experience. The worst experience of my entire life. I hated it so much. And I, Yeah, and no one told me that. I was so sad because it wasn't the best <laughs> years of my life. Oh, no. And I couldn't separate myself. I kept thinking, this has to be the best years of my mm -hmm. life. Everyone else is having fun, and mm -hmm. I'm not. And I was miserable for all four years of it. And it was wasn't until I got away from it and I started like working in a career and making friends with people I enjoy and things like that, that I gave myself permission that it was okay that those weren't the best years of yeah. my life. And people who do have the best years of their life in college don't necessarily have the most fulfilling life after. Or fulfilling career either. Right. That like four-year degree. I mean, I, I lasted a year and six months in college. <laughs> like you're already excelling way past me. I dropped out... Um, Funny enough, uh, I was talking about this with Claudia Saluski, the YouTuber, Beyond Beauty Star. Is she Ooh. still Beyond Beauty Star? No, I think it's just her full name. We were talking about this recently because I saw her. And she was like, do you remember when you dropped out of college and we were at Playlist Live and you submitted your final, um, whatever, my final like essay or something. And I, as I was doing that, she was literally feeding me like a bagged wine and I was slapping <laughs> the bag. I was like, you're dropping out of college. <laughs> so I was like, I have that great memory. Um, but yeah, you're, you've already lasted far longer than me. I think... I also, like you're saying, I got such a hard time with not, not only like my expectations not being met of having fun, but I honestly, every single one of my friends I went to high school with had an amazing college experience. They Same. fucking loved it. And I didn't even know it became something that was wrong with me that mm -hmm. it was like, oh, I'm not trying hard enough. I'm doing all of these things wrong. So right. I fucking joined a sorority and I had like the literally the worst people in my entire life. Yeah. And it was, it was so hard for me to not blame myself and then when I dropped out I no one was emotionally I mean I the reason I dropped out is because I could then be financially independent and support myself but nobody supported me like my close friends who to this day will still apologize for being like I'm so sorry that we like were very anti you dropping out of school but wow. everyone in my life was just no you have to stay you have to stay and I'm like mm -hmm. no offense all of you guys I can't do this like yeah I'm not like I know me and I know my limits and I can't do this and it's also you don't have control because I'm paying for an apartment and I'm doing this on my own. Right. But the one thing I would say, though, is if you if you loved what you're studying mm -hmm. and you like that aspect of it, I had a, one of my best friends, two years younger than me, and she had a very similar experience to me in college. But what she's doing now is she's treating it like kind of like how high school is minus the social aspect where she's not living on campus. Right. She's going to taking classes yep. as if it's like a night school. Yep. 
And I think you need you if you can separate and just be like, you know what, this experience was not for me, like the social aspects of college. But I really like I do it to get the degree. Like that's right. what it's there for. It doesn't yeah. have to be this experience related thing. Yeah, that's the only way. Even after I graduated, like I stayed all four years because one, I, I got a full ride, so I didn't have to pay for it. So <gasps> I felt like guilty if I dropped out in oh. any way. But after my first semester, I literally had all of these uh, transfer applications filled out to all these different colleges. My mom was like, just stay one more semester. Mm -hmm. And then I met a guy and started dating him and that became my only friend on campus. So really a similar story. But I even after I graduated was so like attached to the bummer that I felt that I didn't do it right. That I didn't mm -hmm. do college right. And the people that I would meet in New York all had these amazing stories from college. And I would be like so resentful of them and myself mm -hmm. because I had nothing to compare it to. And I would just like have this wave of just depression because I kept thinking I did it wrong. Yeah. But then when I finally was able to separate and realize the value in my college experience was the education. If mm -hmm. you think of it solely as a means to education and not as a means to these amazing stories that you're going to retell about your glory days years and years later because it, it, it's not sometimes and I've had way more fun as an adult after college than ever being there but oh, yeah. the only uh the opportunities that I've had after college uh in you know the creative world came because I had an education because I interned at different mm -hmm. places because I started actually my career part there and then my socializing came way later mm -hmm. so I think like you're saying if you uh, compartmentalize that this is solely for education something that you really genuinely enjoy treat it that way and don't treat it that you need to get social stories out of this that you need to get memories out of this you can make memories throughout your entire life. Yeah. It doesn't just think about like when you were in high school, those four years, you think in that moment that these are the most important years of your life. Mm -hmm. And everything is so like high highs, low lows, that when you have separation from that, you can look back and think, how silly was I to think that that was the most important and know that that will happen again with you in college. Yeah. Yeah. It's a means to an end. And I think that's just kind of, and especially what you're saying with what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that's what I would say. And then I also think if you can schedule your class, what I did before I dropped out, I scheduled all of my classes on two days of the week. So I yeah, did Tuesdays, same. Thursdays. So I don't have to spend, I would get there in the morning and I would just like power straight through as much as I could. And then I would leave. Yeah. So you're not like, Oh, well there I'm around lunch. Who am I going to sit and mm -hmm. hang out with? If you can strategize that, if you can take any of those courses to complete online, that's or what if yeah. there's any like night classes and stuff like that, just getting it done, just, doing it over the summer. Yeah, do the coursework. I mean, and there's tons of stuff when you look into colleges too, that like secret programs that you didn't even know existed or secret ways to get your degree without having to be actively on campus mm -hmm. the whole yeah. time. Most schools now do have online programs. Yeah. So you can yeah. get your full degree online. Yeah, I would yeah. totally ask. And then also you don't have like... I, the experience part I understand, but like my, my friend is currently in the dilemma with her family that she's the one who was talking about doesn't, is not into the experience and is kind of doing it as if it's a, like a night school kind of thing. And her thing is like, she doesn't want to walk at graduation, which mm -hmm. is also fine. Yeah, like my parents made me, I didn't want to. Her parents want yeah. to so, so, so bad. <laughs> but I think you can, if you can separate the experience wise, and then also if you can kick this out and do it as full time as you can, while still like main like doing it like education working classes full-time not the social aspects of it 
um, I think you're going to be able to get an internship and get a job and then make mm-hmm. friends with people who are awesome. And now even as an adult, I can say, I think aside, I think I have maybe three f- adult friends who went to college and one of them is Lily who like, I'm like, that's not a real school. You went to school. I went to visit. I'm like, this is Disneyland. So it's, it's the idea of not amounting to anything. It's, you know, that's not true, but I would also just say I, as much as it sucks, I, I did not get support from anyone in my life for dropping out of school for years. Mm-hmm. And I, that was something that I just had to deal with because I knew what was better for me than they did at that point. Right. And you just, even if, even if people are going to give you a hard time for like not living up the experience, like my friends used to give me shit. They're like, well, why don't you just try? I'm like, I did, I am. And it's mm-hmm. not working. Like we're at different schools. Right. We're different people who look for different things and friends and all that stuff. Um, and I think you just need to value your own happiness and mm-hmm. eventually everybody is going to forget yeah. about it. You, no one knows your experience other than yourself. Yeah. So people can assume whatever they want, but they'll never truly know what you're going through mm-hmm. inside your brain. And in so you have to give yourself permission that this isn't the experience you thought it would be. And that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just talking to three people. Did you hate college, Jamal? No, I love college. Okay, well, fuck. Well, I'm talking to two people. And that's why I didn't college. say anything. And it's yeah. also okay for people to enjoy their college experience. That is also what <laughs> yeah. I've learned is that I can't be mad at oh. other people for enjoying their time. I hated my best friend, all of her fucking college friends. I hated so much. I'm like, oh, you fucking bitches, loving my, making my best friend love college and she doesn't drop <laughs> out with me. Oh, you fuckers. But I also have friends like I had so much fun after college when I moved to New York and I started doing comedy. And I have so many friends that graduated college and were miserable right oh, out of yeah. college that I'm sure would resent me for having so much fun out of Mm -hmm. school rather than in school the way they were so everyone matures in their social scene at different times yeah you'll be fine you're yeah you'll survive you'll amount to things (laughs) okay on to the next one I am 24 years old and I was recently diagnosed with herpes about two years ago I was in a relationship for five years with the same guy and we recently broke up in March of 2017. So as I'm adventuring out and being intimate with other people, I really just don't know how to tell anyone. The guy that I was with for five years um, was okay with it. I told him immediately and he was fine. He was like, whatever, I love you the same. Um, Unfortunately, we are not together and he sucks. So now I just don't know how to tell other people. I have been intimate with a few other guys and I haven't said anything while I am very cautious and I do, you know, take care of everything. Um, I just don't know how to address the issue if someone does become serious in my life. So if you have any advice on that, that would be great. Can someone tell me more about herpes? What? Can, I, I need I need a sex education on herpes. It's a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> well, it can lay dormant in yeah. most men. And so they never get it. And usually in women, you like notice outbreaks. It. Yeah. Right? Okay. And is there two kinds? And we're assuming this is not. Well, the... there's different kinds because it's ones where people get cold, cold sores. sores their whole life. So we're assuming this is not the cold sore one. Um, that's my assumption. Okay. Okay. Um, And this is a sucky situation yeah you can't if you're if you it's like a condom can't transfer it I don't know I honestly don't know enough about it to be able to give like real medical Mm -hmm. advice about it 
Um, my initial reaction is that that sucks, but it's great that you got tested and you figured out that you have it. Because from my understanding, a lot of people have it their whole lives mm -hmm. and sleep around and give it to people without knowing that they even have it. Three million people in the U.S. Have yeah, it. it's like the most common every year. Yep. Wow. Um, I mean, I would assume my it, it sucks. It's hard to like tell someone something that might feel. I remember I got bed bugs in my apartment, Ooh. and it was one of those things where I would get bit, and I just felt like embarrassed because I felt like I was dirty or something. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was just the apartment itself had these mm -hmm. things in it, and so I like people would be like, "What is that?" Like they couldn't tell, and I just felt so embarrassed, like that I had bed bugs and that people were assuming things about me. But the my brain just goes to what do you want from a partner? You're going to eventually want someone that's completely honest with you. So you have to treat others with that same kind of integrity mm -hmm. that you would want from someone. And I think there's as rough at it as it is to say it right off the bat, there's something that if you then wait till you're serious with someone, I think that's just if you've already slept with somebody and you're not telling them and you decide that you're going to get serious with this person and then you tell them that's, that's going to be bad. That's hard. That's a little bit of a betrayal thing. And like you're saying, like the guy or the girl who you want to be with um, or whoever it is that you mm -hmm. want to end up with that person, just like your ex-boyfriend who was understanding and yeah. totally was cool with it. And you dated for five years. That's another kind of relationship you want. And if it scares people off, then great. Like then they're not the right ones. Exactly. And I think you just have to kind of rip off the bandaid and start getting into the practice of telling people up front and be like, hey, I know this sounds crazy or gross or whatever you might feel, but I owe it to you to be honest. I have herpes. And mm -hmm. then go from there and it'll become easier every time you tell someone. I mean, it won't become easy, but yeah. it might get slightly easier every single time. And for you, become a more casual conversation. Because if you're presenting it as if this is the biggest tragedy in the yeah. universe, then that's how they're going to receive it. Yeah. So a lot of it comes from the way you talk about it with them. If you're informed about what it is, if you get, you know, all the medical information about it that you can mm -hmm. and the way that it affects your body, and you can just be very blunt and just normalize it in some weird way because it is i mean there's three million people a year uh -huh, they're diagnosed with are diagnosed in the mm -hmm. u.s yes that's i mean that's that's a lot and you'll probably find that you meet <laughs> someone like, that goes i also have herpes i'm glad you brought this up first yeah, and i think you can make it a conversation about like being tested if you're like right. going to sleep with if you are getting into it with somebody you're like hey i just wonder the last time that you uh were tested if you have anything you want to share with me right here i'm giving you this opportunity to share something so i'm also going to share something right and making it so because it is it's, it's people's own sexual history and their sexual health um this isn't like this baggage thing that you bring into a, a mm -hmm. relationship or anything like that this is something that you're dealing with on your side of it and then you also have to be like i'm dealing with this i'm not apologetic of it and i'm not going to assume that you're not dealing with something so right. i'm going to ask you because this is so normal right and i mean it sounds like you've gotten ahead of it and you are you know treating yourself as like well as you can in this situation that I mean you would if you slept with someone a couple of times and then they told you that they've had herpes the whole time how would you feel yeah You'd feel kind of shitty about that situation and so you've taken I think a lot of adults don't take the initiative to get tested because they're afraid of what the results will be mm -hmm. and so you've done one of the most mature things that a human can do is like figure out what's going on with yeah. your body and so that's a great opportunity like you were saying to just have a conversation about like 
I value myself enough to get checked and have uh, my health mm-hmm. like figured out. So what's going on with you? Yeah, And I think you also this I don't want this to sound bitchy or anything like that, but you also no matter how safe you are and all of that stuff, you need to let other people make the choice to sleep with somebody who has herpes, even if it's not active and all that stuff, you're taking away that choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that you probably got it from someone who didn't give you the choice, the choice. Mm -hmm. And I think no, and I fully trust that you're, especially with women, it's so much, it is like so much safer because you know when things are happening, but I think you, I mean, and not just make this like a consent issue, but like, that's something that at least for me, like I, I like to know everything that's going on. In oh yeah. My, I don't want to have any sort of variables and no matter how much I trust somebody, I need them. I want, you need to instill the trust in other people and mm-hmm. give people the opportunity to surprise you. And I think there is a little bit of embarrassment of like, Oh, well I don't, well, what if they don't want to like sleep with me because of that? You have to give, you have to let people choose that. If that's yeah. what they want to choose and not telling them, I think is just as hard as it is. It's just taking away And like, what if like, what if like there's a small chance that somehow you pass it on to this person and you end up dating this person and they're like, what the hell? And you're like, I'm sorry, that was me. And I didn't tell you. Right. And then, yeah, it's only the, it's only going to get harder to tell someone the longer you wait. Yeah. And so you do yourself a service and just get it out in the open. Uh, I mean, it sucks and there's no way to be like, I wish I could go back in time and not have this. It's Mm -hmm. unfortunate, but you're handling it. So just give yourself the best chance with new people that you meet that hey all my cards are on the table and if they don't take the cards get the different player yeah <laughs> get a new player yeah yeah i just want to share some medical information for oh yeah i would love to know yeah. so um you should be aware that even if you use condoms um the condom may not cover areas that you still have herpes even if you don't see it oh. and so you can still spread it that way and you can also spread it from skin shedding where you don't have visible herpes whoa um so condoms don't fully protect you from getting herpes well and see isn't this insane that we're all adults and we don't Mm -hmm. know this information Mm -hmm. and and then for your partner there are anti-herpes medications that you can take so you can if you're telling your partner ahead Mm -hmm. of time um then they can be protected before yeah whoa well i think of it also um in in the gay community a huge thing on every on every gay dating app you have to say like if you're positive hiv positive or not okay and that's something where it eliminates that awkward conversation because you're putting that out in the open with this dating app mm-hmm. um, or hookup apps or anything like that but you'll you will also find so many other people who right. have that there right so I think the amount that you can normalize it just because there are so many people you're gonna be more surprised yeah um who else is affected by it but you don't know who you talk to and then you mention that you have it and they realize they haven't been tested and they go get tested and find out they might have it too yeah and if anything you've created an opportunity where they get to know more about their own bodies yeah and I think if you can if you tell them about like all the information that you have and so you're showing that because I think the the assumption from your end might be that it comes across that either you're a slut or that you're or irresponsible. not responsible sexually. But if you can be like, provide this information mm-hmm. and explain all of this stuff and like say your sexual history and like what happened with this and the measures. And like, so there are me- medications you can take mm-hmm. this whole thing. It shows somebody that it's like, Oh, okay, cool. This is like you having asthma and having an inhaler. Right. Like it's, it's not being like, Oh, I don't want to, I'm going to go to a spin class and I'm not going to bring my inhaler because I don't want anybody to know kind of a thing. Or if you have an allergy and you just, 
still eat whatever it Dairy. is because <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to be that person that has the yeah. limitation. Yeah. I also say just make a parody song and play it for them <laughs> yeah, on the first it, date. Yeah, and put it in like your bio of all your social media <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I've got the herp. It's cute when you say it that way. Yeah, the herp is cute. <laughs> yeah. Howard the herp. <laughs> Turn it into God, a cartoon that's character. That's my dad's yes, name. Like oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> and I hope this is a PSA for everybody to get tested, yeah. which I fuck it, I should probably do. do I- yeah. Yeah, you we've get, had this conversation before. I know. Get tested on the podcast. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what if I have something that's like so dormant that I wouldn't have known? I mean, forever? that seems to be the thing that happens to millions of people. Okay, every so year. I'm not right. getting tested. That's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then that stops you maybe from spreading it to someone else too, and then they spread oh. it to someone else, and it, it stops it the chain. Or I could just make mods. Just he's not allowed to leave. <laughs> like, he's stuck with me. So. We're together forever. Yeah. Cool. Okay. On to the next one. I'm 16 years old. I ride the bus every day in the morning. And on Monday, I missed my bus. And this kid, Brandon, was like, oh, my dad can give you a ride to my bus stop and we can catch the bus together. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, my mom won't murder me for missing the bus. That's awesome. And um, so he took me to his bus stop and his dad dropped us off. And it was just us there. And um, he, like, I, I wasn't flirting. I wasn't doing anything to, like, cause this, I guess. And he, like, grabbed my boob and he said, like, your boobs look amazing. And then he, like, grabbed my ass and he was like, your ass looks amazing. And I didn't really know what to do in this situation. I was just very quiet and I didn't talk. But, like, he continued talking to me and, like, at one point was kissing on my forehead, which made me so uncomfortable and um the next day on the bus I was asleep and I woke up and his hand was on my thigh and I was just kind of having like a freak out panic attack like to where I just sort of pretended to still be asleep so that I wouldn't have to deal with the situation because I was scared of what would happen if I like flicked his hand off my thigh or and the thing is is I have a boyfriend who I have not told him that this has been going on because I'm scared of how he's going to react, and I have been sexually abused in my past, which I never dealt with that because that was by a full-grown man, and all this stuff is really doing is bringing back memories, and for me, with my boyfriend of two years, um, it took me months to, like, be around him without stuttering. Like, I'm very nervous around men, especially, and... um. Apparently, this guy does this stuff to other girls very often. Like, he'll grab a lot of girls' asses and boobs. Whether it's in front of their boyfriends or not, he just thinks it's okay. And I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but, like, every time I see him in the hallways or every time he texts me, like, I feel sick and I've just kind of been ignoring him lately and trying to find somewhere else to sit on the bus. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. I don't know if I'm exaggerating also, and I I feel like I don't have anyone to talk to about this. So, thank you. 
This one makes me so fucking sad. Yeah, and mad. Oh, I want to. Like, I'm like, give me this boy's Twitter handle. I want to ruin his life. Oh, I'm like, where's? Give me his phone. Give me his address. I'm gonna beat the shit out. Of, I know violence is not the answer. No, but, but that this none of this is okay that he's doing. Absolutely none of this is okay, and he needs to be called out for it. Yeah, this is also the thing. The things that stick out to me is it's. Uh, you're first of all you're not exaggerating like no at all um and i think this is something i wish i wish people had instilled in me when i was younger that in every situation if you feel some way that's valid yes. it doesn't matter if you're feeling this way because you're overreacting to something you have to address the way that you're feeling regardless of what caused that feeling mm -hmm. that's that's the ultimate that's the ultimate thing um and also even Okay, so not to make this like a whole sexual assault PSA, even if you were flirting, even if anything was like that, it's not okay. Yes is yes. No doesn't like it's not the whole thing anymore. We're like, well, no means no. It's like, no, yes means yes. There has mm -hmm. to be some sort of consent at the forefront of it, not the feeling of being like, well, I didn't say no. It's like, well, no, unless you say yes, it's a it should just automatically be assumed that it's not okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I... I, I mean, I, the thing is, I think this isn't as much as I think cathartically, uh, if I was in your situation, I'm like, oh, I would just completely tell him off, but I wouldn't at all. There's a, would, such a fear and a shame yeah. associated with it. And then you start backtracking in your brain of what did I do? Am I exaggerating mm -hmm. this? You did I invite all, this on? Yeah. You give him permission to do this and that's not okay. Yeah. As I mean, this you're seeing in media is being called out a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And so things are shifting. And it's really brave of you to even like leave this voicemail about this situation because this boy shouldn't be doing this and he has no one telling him no. Yeah. He clearly doesn't have a good father figure or good male friends that hold him accountable to being a, a respectful human being in yeah. the world. And also this is the thing I'd also say is because... Um, Oh, God. So I was listening to, not to promote someone else's podcast, um, Anna Ferris's podcast. She just did a whole thing talking about um, the the Me Too movement. And mm -hmm. they talked about the uh, like the the female giggle thing where someone says, says something really uncomfortable and really mm -hmm. inappropriate. And we're so used to just giggling and laughing that kind of stuff off. Mm -hmm. And then from that point on, you feel like I've let this in. And the first time that someone goes too far regardless and the first time that he like grabbed your boob you might feel that because you didn't say anything that was a yes and then that in that moment you've now consented to this so you're like but I can't backtrack because I've let him do these other things before regardless of feeling uncomfortable which just isn't true mm -hmm. that was not a consensual thing and it, you get put in a situation where uh, you feel fearful and you feel uncomfortable and you're surprised and you don't know how to react and I think ultimately the you need to tell if you don't feel comfortable telling your parents or something like that, you need to tell your school. And yeah. I think if you don't, again, I, I think if you don't feel comfortable going in and sit, sitting down and saying it, leave a letter mm -hmm. and say that. And then, or if there's a teacher that you really, like you really get along with and you know, making sure that somebody, you tell somebody who can do something about this. Mm -hmm. And as much as I, as much as you've said, like, you feel like you're exaggerating and all that stuff, you've said that he's doing this to other girls. Right. So you can look at this if it feels too 
like, oh, I feel like I'm causing trouble. And this is like, I need to get over this. Don't look at this from your own perspective. Then look at this for the other people that he's doing this to and the other people that he might be doing this to. And the that they're just as scared as you to say something or potentially could be scared to do something or say something. So you could not only be one outing someone that's doing something wrong, mm -hmm. but two protecting potential girls that he would do this to in the future. So this is as much a validation of your own feelings and a protection of, you know, people that he comes across in life later on. And then you won't, you might be surprised about how much you, you will be surprised by how much support you have in your life oh, yeah. against things like this, especially if this is a prevalent thing that he's been doing and something that's happened to you in the past. Whoever did it to you in the past also did something wrong. Yeah. And the only way to right wrongs is by calling them out. Yeah. By saying this is wrong. And you're also young enough that hopefully he's, hopefully he'll be able to comprehend and understand moving forward how not okay this is. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you kind of let people do terrible things, they're like, sick, I'm getting away with it. Like I can keep fucking doing these awful yeah. things. And I think about to guys that I knew in middle school where it was that thing of like, they would see their older brothers, like, like touch mm -hmm. their girlfriend's butt. And then they would do that. And you feel it's that thing of being like, I'm getting attention, but I don't like this, right. but I don't really understand why or what this is. And I, I feel uncomfortable. And there's something that's so insane to me that women and I mean, yeah, women and men, but when you're in the situation of being like a victim in this case, you don't want to make the other person feel uncomfortable, which I'm like, they're mm -hmm. making you feel so fucking uncomfortable. And you're worried that you're like, Oh, but is my discomfort at my lack of consent going to make you feel bad? Because mm -hmm. I don't want that, which is, it's just such a vicious cycle. Um, as you deserve power, basically yeah. it's a power move. This person has power in this situation and they're addicted to that sense of power that you need to take your power back mm -hmm. from this person and call them out however you want that's com most comfortable for you because it's not a comfortable situation all the way around uh and so you just have to start making forward moves of letting people know if it's your boyfriend that you feel comfortable with if it's your parents if it's a teacher if mm -hmm. it's even just like to a friend or posting it on Facebook or whatever mm -hmm. you want to do just getting it out there is important and stops starts to stop the cycle. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden started this campaign movement called It's On Us years ago that's uh, targeted at sexual assault on college campuses. Mm. And the whole uh, campaign like um, philosophy is that if you're seeing someone, because it's, it's not instilled in young men to say something when they see another young man doing something at a party in a social setting that they know is wrong. Yeah, bro code. Right. People don't speak up. And so the whole campaign it's on us is it's on us as a community when we see something bad happening to take a stand against it to call mm -hmm. it out so if you let people know you'll be surprised at how supportive people yeah. will be and not to be like super fucking dark and i'm not suggesting you watch this but i've been watching the keepers has anyone watched the keepers no okay so good but um it's it's set in i don't even when is it set the 70s okay that's what i was thinking it's set in the 70s and um one of the premises of this show, it's a true crime show. Again, really not recommending it. Very dark, very <laughs> gruesome. But um, it's uh, these, all of these women were, went to school together and they're only now uh, talking about as adults, they all finding out that they were sexually abused by the same person. Wow. And they went all through high school of not saying anything because they thought they were the only one. Mm -hmm. And they thought there was all this responsibility to like 
that they they put so much blame on themselves mm-hmm. for this specific experience and now they're these like elderly women who are sitting around and talking about this person who's was was way older than who's long since gone but they're all realizing that these classmates that they had were going through the exact same thing that they were right and i think that's something to be said that if he's this comfortable doing this to you he's doing it to other people yeah and to- i mean like a harvey weinstein right now yeah. as soon as someone like Ugh. started saying something all these dominoes started falling off these other women being like yeah me too me too me too mm-hmm. the whole movement yeah and i think i think it's it's such a fitting thing in the times right now that hopefully um i, I don't think you said where you're from but um hopefully your administration is going to be very uh as opposed to other times when i think they usually can belittle this a lot i think they mean liability wise they right. kind of really got to take these things seriously mm-hmm. um yeah god i fucking me too. This guy sucks a dick. So much. <laughs> oh, I want to kill him. I want to give you a hug and I want to fucking kill this kid. <laughs> Except without violence. Just with words. Emotions. Right. Do we have another one? We're well, that's produce- it. We're, we're on going producer's- to Producer's Corner. Oh, okay. We're- Ooh. Yeah. Producer's Corner is where... Oh, Jack's already smiling from the corner. No, oh. It wasn't me this time, I swear. It wasn't you this time? No. Um, What's Producer's Corner? It's when Jack picks his uh <laughs> favorite call those were air quotes guys and it was a podcast um but also my favorite part though is it's always it's usually jack recording you or getting mitchell to record it but every time it's been jack no none of the guests have realized it's jack like they're like, Wait, like okay. he calls in with a question yeah and yeah yeah and people are like oh wow and i'm like do you not realize that was a sports this whole fucking time you just did not make the connection my friends are very smart actors <laughs> did not go to even high school Fun. um but i guess but, this is not jack this time no this time we have a call back from well she explains oh, everything oh, in the call yeah she explains everything so okay just play it she's going in blind you'll be fine all right <laughs> Hey, Megan, this is just a follow-up voicemail. Um, I was on your latest episode um, about my friend that is gay, and I was, like, wondering and asking you about how to go about it. Um, So I took your advice and just kept quiet and let him do his thing and just waited and respected his decisions and how he wanted to go about it with however it was going to unroll, unravel. And it ended up going really well. He came over last week and came out to me, and I met his boyfriend, and they are so happy, and he's living his best life, and I could not be more happy for him. So um, he was never nervous about it, like you were saying from the start. Um, he just needed his, his time to figure it out. But I wanted to thank you for your advice, and tell you to keep on keeping on that was so sweet of you thank you for everything and yeah bye that's so sweet oh my god i'm so happy i didn't remember. like i i'm so excited i think it was the first time someone's actually called back and been like so i took your advice and it went well <laughs> and uh my world's a mess yeah, right now as opposed to girls like didn't take your advice went into dinner with my boyfriend and his twin brothers who i all secretly slept with and i'm like yeah you done goofed <laughs> no this makes me so happy that's um, so sweet wait yeah. so the issue was that she knew her best friend was gay yeah she knew her friend was gay and he wasn't coming out to her and okay. wanted to know how to get him to come out to her and oh. I I think what I had told, and she was very accepting and overly accepting mm-hmm. to 
uh, and all of that. But what I, I think what I had ended up telling her was I was like, you're probably not the issue of who he's struggling to come out to. You're going to be the last person because a, you're saying that you're like, I already know. I'm like, he knows that, you know, yeah, deep down and he's going to have to deal with coming out to all these other people. So Mm -hmm. you're an easy one, like that kind of thing. Yeah. You're not going to be, yeah. My, when my brother came out, uh, my younger brother, he was, uh, in senior year of high school and I was in college. And I think I was the first person he told that was a member of my family because mm-hmm. I was just, you know, we were close. Gotta get an easy one under the belt. Exactly. And then he had in his mind this like checklist of family members in the order that he was going to tell them based on like who was going to be the most difficult. Mm-hmm. And my dad was definitely last, even though he's the sweetest, most accepting guy. It was just like a, a son dad mm-hmm. thing that he was worried about. And so uh, I didn't even think about one I was like that's great I didn't even really put it together that he was gay before this but when he told me I was like that makes sense cool good for you are you dating what's going on but then I didn't even think about the second half of that of his hierarchy of who was going to be the more serious dramatic emotionally taxing conversation Mm -hmm. and how that's important to him to go in that order and it's his choice it's like it's that you whatever even as like neurotic as it may seem Mm -hmm. or nobody else can kind of see the rhyme or reason to why people do things in a certain manner, a certain order, you kind of just have to like let them do their thing. And I mean, yeah, it's also like I've had, I have friends who've never officially come out to me, which Mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, I know. Right. And like you date men, but like there was never that situation of being like, we've grown up together. You're like, so I have to come out to you. Right. I'm like, you come out to other people. But like, for me, it's kind of like, oh, well, why? Why mutual knowledge? Yeah. Why do I have to do this thing again? So very happy for your friend. Um, And I'm glad you took my advice and it worked. And I'm excited for him and his relationship. And for your guys' relationship now, because now that you both are on like the actual same page with each other, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's way more fun to be around each other. It's just like, oh, no one's hiding anything and no one's knowing that someone's hiding something. And so I'm sure there's like a stiltedness that might be lifted, which is probably really refreshing. And you can worry about him less now knowing that you're like... You, you can sometimes absorb that like, oh, are you stressed? Are you feeling bad? I want to relieve that. Right. So now you guys are kind of like, oh, sick. We're you, all in the know. You get to be each other around each other. That's oh, so fun. So fun. So freeing. Yay. So guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Grace, thanks so much for being on it. Thank you for having me. I feel like uh, I just went through a giant therapy session for you myself. Give great advice. Oh, no. I mean, I'm literally like, I, I can dish it out. I don't take it. So oh, I'm like, oh, I think this is all, all just-, just mantras to myself, basically, <laughs> this whole time. No, but it was really good. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I feel like it was also nice because you've got different life experience than me, which is great. Because I think, we've. I mean, I love my friends who've been guests, but some of them haven't even gone to high school. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know how you deal with <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Leo, I love you, but damn. Um, but yeah. No, this was fun. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, loved it. Okay, guys, um, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. That would be amazing. And if you are a caller from a previous episode and you want to give us an update, did you take my advice? Did it work super well? If you took my advice and it didn't work, I feel like you should also call as much as I don't want to <laughs> yes. know. But then you can give advice for the new problem exactly. that you've created. Have I, have I caused new problems? <laughs> have I stirred your pots? Um, yeah, you guys can leave us voicemails at 310-694-0976. And again, international callers, woo, woo, woo. Uh, you can email us a, a voice memo at meganpodcast at gmail.com. God, very excited to hear it all. 
Grace, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, true. Oh, I'm just at Grace Helbig <laughs> on all social media. She's just chilling there. And you can listen to my podcast, Not Too Deep. Megan's been on an episode and you have to come back and I do another it. episode. I love your podcast. I listen. I've listened to, I think, every episode. That's very kind and of And I watch you. them. That, on full screen. Well, not anymore. Oh, but, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you should come on and we should do an advice-centric one. I would Because now that. you've done all this. You, you're an expert now. Yeah, I'll be less nervous. I think I blacked. I told Jack. I blacked out after the first episode. I was like, I don't. Like, that went well. I'm like, I don't know what I did. I told him. I was like, I want two more hours of talking to her about everything she's done. Oh, well, I can get a lot fun. of words in a minute. There you go. <laughs> talking real fast. Well, guys, um, go follow Grace in on social media, not in real life. Because I fucking saw that guy who followed you with his car. On Twitter? That was creepy. What that the was fuck? really creepy. Yeah, everything was fine. But it's amazing what happens when you start like blatantly filming things. Oh, I was you know? I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. No, it was really, really creepy. <sighs> Everything's okay though. Yeah, good. Cause I feel like a lot of serial killers live in Palm Springs. Probably. Probably. Deserts. <laughs> like rooms to bury bodies. Yeah, that's a statement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also love Palm Springs, but I also love like creepy murder shit. Well, I'm glad that I, I lived there <laughs> half time. So well, now you know, just bring your camera. <laughs> Will do. Have your DSLR wherever you go. My camera and my bear spray. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Okay, guys. Well, uh, I will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me, produced and directed by Jack Ferry, associate producer Melissa DeMons, edited by Melissa DeMons, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter. I will see you guys in two weeks, and don't blame me if your life bursts into flames before then. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 